morning to each and every one of you. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. You're listening to Bible Study, Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, the 13th of November. And we're going to be taking a look at Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Now, I'm going to introduce it this way. A lot of congregations want to understand how they are regarded by God. In Revelation chapter 2 and 3, Jesus writes to seven churches, and all but one of them seem to have a problem. Ephesus is called the loveless church. Smyrna, the persecuted church, Pergamos, the compromising church, Thyatira, the corrupt church, and that's dealing with chapter 2. Then in chapter 3, the dead church, Sardis. Then we have the church at Philadelphia that's called the faithful church. And then the church at Laodicea, which is the lukewarm church. The church we're going to take a look at is one that I tried to emulate when I was a pastor of a church for 28 years. And it's the faithful church at Philadelphia. So if you turn to Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. We'll be able to go from there. It begins, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write. Now, the word angel is actually also for the word messenger. And it does refer to angels, but it also can refer to pastors because they are the messengers of the church. And a lot of people take a look at that, that the word angel is referring in each of these seven churches to the pastor. So this is to the pastor in Philadelphia. And Jesus begins, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. Now, what does all that mean? That's referring to titles of Jesus. He is holy. That means he is sanctified. He is sinless. He is true. Remember, Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, what does it mean he has the key of David? He opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. If you remember on the night of the resurrection, Jesus was with his disciples. And he referred to them, saying, Whosoever sins, 
you remit, they are remitted. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. The key of David, which opens and closes, is referred to as the office of the keys. Now, how does one open heaven? Unlike every other religion in the world, where your good works open heaven, in this particular situation, it is forgiveness of sins that opens heaven to you. It's not that your sins are corrected or you no longer sin, but through repentance, which is contrition over your sin, God regards you as forgiven. And what does forgiven mean? It means you are no longer held accountable for your sin. And that's wonderful. So, it is Jesus who has that ability. Remember when you do a confession of sin at the beginning of a worship service, I, a poor, miserable sinner, deserve nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. The messenger or pastor says, upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God for you, and in the stead, that means in the place of, and by the authority of Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. So in each of the seven churches, normally God criticizes the work of the church, like the dead church or the other churches that have something wrong with them. But here in verse 8 of chapter 3 of Revelation, God says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. Now, you would think that after this, he would give the reason why no one can shut it. And he would say something like, for you have plenty of strength. But no, he says, for you have a little strength, but have kept my word and have not denied my name. Now, what's that talking about? The church has no strength in and of itself. And so the way the church becomes church, it speaks the word of God faithfully and administers the sacraments properly. So when he says, you have kept my word and have not denied my name, I kind of look at that as the difference between Bible study and evangelism. You have kept my word You've studied my word. For example, a good Bible class teacher will always be quoting the Bible. Because, like Samuel, remember, he says, Here am I, Lord. Uh, what do you want me to say? 
And the Lord told him what to say, and Samuel repeated it. So also did Jesus. So also do we. For we have little strength. But our power is in preaching or teaching the Word of God, which parents can do with their children. And not denying my name means evangelism. Now, you may think, well, I'm not on the evangelism committee. How am I doing evangelism? Have you ever invited anyone to church? Have you ever talked to them about how you understand Christmas or Easter? That is evangelism. It is a word that comes from preaching the gospel. And Philadelphia, when God looks at their works, they have Bible study, and they also have opportunity to share the message with others. Verse 9, Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie, Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you. Now, those who are of the synagogue of Satan would be those who say they're Jewish, but they're really part of that new religion called Judaism. Judaism changed the Old Testament faith of one in which you were saved, guess what, through faith, that it is now one you are saved by your works. Uh, best example, of course, is that Luke passage, Jesus' parable of the Pharisee. Thank God I am not like that tax collector because I, and what does he say? He fasts, he ties, he's pointing to the ceremonial laws. He says he's a Jew, but from God's point of view, he is not. But there will come a time when the Philadelphia church, because of their evangelism, may have these people come and worship before your feet and know that I have loved you. And that would be through example, adult instruction. Verse 10, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Now, we are referring to that as the Armageddon. It appears that near the end of time, before the world is destroyed and the new heavens and the new earth appear, there's going to be great testing by Satan. But God will help you to persevere. Why? Because you have little strength. And therefore, we rely on the word of God to strengthen us in our faith. And therefore, even though the whole world will be tested, God will keep his promise to help you to persevere. 11, verse 11, chapter 3, Revelation. Behold, I come quickly. 
Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. So, what's this crown he's talking about? Well, the crown is the crown that you will be given on the day of judgment. It's really the crown of Jesus, reminding us of that parable of the prodigal son who returns home, and the father dresses him in the best robe, which would be the robe of the father. So hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. What do you have to hold fast to? The word of God. We're in a society right now where people are really slamming us for the Word of God because they disagree with much of the morality in the Bible. They think they can do whatever they want. And every time they sin, they break the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me, because that's an act of idolatry, every sin. And in that act of idolatry, they pretend that they are God. So in keeping the word, not only will God help us to persevere, but he helps us also to overcome the temptations of Satan. Verse 12, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. Now that's found later on in the book of Revelation where the temple is built and the foundation, of course, is Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the walls are the apostles and the prophets. And then all the Christians are part of those wonderful walls. And in that sense, they become pillars in the temple of God. And you will go out no more into a sinful world. You won't have to worry about that. And I will write on him my new name. Now, what's your new name? It's actually what you received in baptism. When I was baptized, I baptized you into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And at that point, I am a Christian. You know, a lot of people, when they're asked, uh, what do you do, Uh, who are you, they'll mention their occupation. Well, I'm a pastor, or I'm a a baker, or I'm a carpenter, or I'm a worker in an office. Who you are is a baptized Christian of Jesus Christ. And because of that baptism, you have a promise from God that he will not reject you or forsake you. So, verse 13, and this is in the other 
congregations, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's even found at the end of the church in Sardis, the dead church. It's also found in the lukewarm church. It's found in all of them. So what does that mean? It reminds me of the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. Remember when Jesus was baptized, the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. But at the transfiguration, when God the Father speaks from the cloud, this is my beloved Son, listen to him. Now, the only people who can listen to Jesus are those who have faith. Because what Jesus says makes hardly any sense at all. He, he was crucified because the religious leaders of that day thought he was crazy. What's he forgiving? Tax collectors, prostitutes, and other sinners for. He's a carpenter from Nazareth. But when he said from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Those were the words of Jesus. And so we have here Revelation 3, 7 to 13, the only church that is really considered faithful. And it'd be interesting in a Bible study to go through the other churches to see exactly where you fit in this situation. I'm Tom Baker. You've been listening to Bible Study Wednesday. Uh, this is live, and we pray indeed that next week we'll continue with another Bible verse. Until then, God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.